1: Why were you moving the patio ch- furniture out of the way?
2: Well, where he was at, he it was so loud. So when I went to move the patio chair, he said, oh, don't do that.
1: No, I, why were you Why were you going to move the patio furniture?
2: Where he was standing at, I was trying to move the chair out of the way because I was going to comment to him and
1: ask him, you know,
2: what, I didn't ask you to come and do this type of work. He was like, oh, don't worry about it. I got this done. Why are
1: you trying to move the patio furniture? You don't need to move patio furniture to ask him, what the heck are you doing on my property?
3: This is the plaintiff, Lawrence Jones Jr. He says he was hired for some handyman work at the defendant's residence, and they're stiffing him and not paying him for his work. Both the defendants drive Mercedes. They owe him 200 bucks. And he's suing them for just that, here today. These are the defendants, Andre and Ellen. Andre says he never hired the plaintiff to do any work at their house and isn't paying for something they didn't want. That's right, they have no idea why this guy pressure washed the driveway because he was never contracted to do it, so they owe nothing. They're accused of not paying up. All parties, please take your right hand. What you are about to witness is real. The participants are not actors. They are actual litigants with a case pending in civil court. Both parties have agreed to drop their claims. And had their cases settled here, before Judge Marilyn Millian, in our forum, the People's Court. People's Court is now in session. The Honorable Judge Marilyn Millian is now presiding. Litigates have been
1: sworn, Your Honor. Thank you, Douglas. You're welcome. Okay, Mr. Jones, what happened here?
4: I was contacted by Andre. He, uh, seen my Trello. um, uh, Riding on the road, he stopped me and asked me about coming by to look at his yard and, and then looking at his house, pressure his house and his driveway. So a month or so went by because uh, it was wet. Uh, I, he finally called me one evening and asked me about just pressure washing the driveway. I mean, how much would I charge him? I told him $200. He said, that'd be fine for the driveway and the patio. I suppose it came by on the 15th. That was a Thursday. I had to take my grandkids' back to Live vote and I came that Friday, so that Thursday, I came back, and I got there at about 4 o'clock, I called Miss Andre, because there was a blue Mercedes in the anybody yard. Did you know that
1: you weren't coming on Thursday? I did not. Okay, so you come on Friday, and you said you called Andre to say what?
4: There was a blue Mercedes in the yard. I asked him about, it was two cars, a blue Mercedes and a Pontiac. I asked him about moving the Mercedes. He said, it's his mom's car, he said, I will call her, and she will move it. So she... She came out, and she moved the Mercedes. I was sitting up, and I pressure-washed the driveway, and I was at the back patio. Andre came and helped me move the patio front And he told me, then he, I called him, and I was the door when I was done. I was the door. And his mom told me Andre has the money that Andre will pay me. Um, I called Andre. He didn't answer his phone. I texted Mr. Andre. I told him, he, don't answer his if you don't call me back. I will be to his house tomorrow morning. That morning, I went to Andre's house, knocked on Andre's door. He came out through the garage door. He felt like I was sending him a threatening message.
1: So what happened? What did he say to you when he came out?
4: That I wasn't authorized to pressure to pressure wash his house and his driveway. I was supposed to came on th- Thursday. So I wasn't authorized to do it.
1: Okay, talk to me. Uh, Mr. Andre, what was your agreement with him?
2: Okay, uh, Judge, uh... I seen the truck at the red light and it said lawn, uh, lawn service. So I took a picture with my phone and I called and, uh, questioned him about doing the lawn service. So I say, if I decide to let you do the yard, I will contact you and let you know. So the lawn, I mean, the uh, rain kept presiding every week, every week. So he would call me and ask me about doing the lawn. And I say, no, don't worry about it because the grass is really, really wet. There's no need that I'm going to contact you if the yard is wet to get it uh, done, I could do it myself. Don't worry about that. So, uh, as the rain kind of subsided a little bit, I contacted Mr. Lawrence. And I said, Mr. Lawrence, I see that you do uh, pressure washing. How much will it cost me if you was to do my mother's house and her driveway? He said, oh, I don't do uh, pressure washing on the homes. But I could do the driveway and the patio in the walk area for $200. And I'm like, $200? I say, well, $200 is a little too expensive. But I... If I decide to do it, I will let you know. So one day I came in from the gym. It was about 530 in the evening. And as I was coming up the, uh, the road, I noticed Mr. Lawrence's truck outside my mom's property. So when I drove up, of course, the driveway and the walkway to the front door was already pressure washed. So I turned around in the neighbor yard and parked side the road because he had his trailer a little bit blocking the driveway. So I walked and proceeded to go around the back. He was doing the patio, and it kind of started me because I'm like, I did not contact him to let him know I wanted the pressure wash done. So when he said, oh, I got this done, da-da-da-da, so I went to move one of the lot patio chairs out of the way, and he said, no, don't worry about it. I could do that. I could do that. So with that said, I proceeded to walk back and went back to the front of the house and got in my car. And
1: Why went, were you moving the patio ch- furniture out of the way?
2: Well, where he was at, he, it was so loud. So when I went to move the patio chair, he said, oh, don't do that.
1: No, I why really, were you why were you going to move the patio furniture?
2: Where he was standing at, I was trying to move the chair out the way because I was going to comment to him and ask him, you know, wh- I didn't ask you to come and do this type of work. He was like, oh, don't worry about it. I got this done. He, why he are
1: you trying to move the patio furniture? You don't need to move patio furniture to ask him, what the heck are you doing on my property? You move patio furniture to make sure he's able to get under it to pressure clean. And Ms. Helen, can you tell me why you moved your car?
5: I was called by Andre to move my car so I could smooth it. Did he
1: tell you why? Because if someone calls me and says, move your car, I ask them why. Why were you moving your car?
5: He just told me the job was like that during the patio bike part back there.
1: Okay. And was your response, I don't know what you're talking about. We never authorized this.
5: I just moved my car because, like I said, I hadn't called nobody to do no work for me.
1: And, Mr. Andre, can you explain to me why you would call your mother and tell her, move your car so he can pressure wash if you never authorized him to pressure wash? Is your mother a liar? Or is your mother telling the truth that you, of course not. So you called her and told her, move the guy, move the car. The guy's there to pressure wash. So how can you then not pay him for doing the job that you clearly asked him to do? Because you're moving furniture to enable him to do it. And you're calling your mother and asking your mother to move her car to enable him to do it. So how is it now that you're looking me in the eye and telling me you did not authorize this work? How is it that in your answer to the complaint, your mom says, who goes to people's houses and does work when they're not authorized? Indeed, who does? No one does. Well, People expect to get paid. You, uh... So answer my question while you're moving furniture and moving cars if he wasn't supposed to be there doing exactly what he was doing?
2: Well, Judge, as I proceeded to come uh, around the back of the house where Mr. Lawrence was out on the patio, pressure washing, patio furniture was already in the grass. When I walked around to the patio furniture in one of the the, the patio of uh, the area rug was on the ground. I picked that up to proceed. Mr. To put it on
1: Andre, Mr. Andre, why would you call your mother and tell her to move the car unless okay, it's Judge, to let this man do his job?
2: The job of the driveway was already completed when I arrived at the residence. When why I did the residence- you?
1: Do you think I'm stupid? Listen to my question and answer what I'm asking you. Why'd you call your mother and tell her, move the car, the guy's there to clean? Why'd you do that? I'm
2: I'm getting to that. I left the resident. Yeah, get That's there now. I called. I asked my mom after I left the resident to move your car after I had left, after the driver right. was cleaned. Right, in order
1: to enable the guy to do the work you didn't authorize. <clears throat> Why are you w- not showing up and saying, dark. what the heck are you doing on my property? What are you doing here? What are you doing here? You're not supposed to be here. Why isn't that what happens? Instead of you he had, moving he furniture had and then telling her. What does that have to do with anything? If you didn't authorize the work, why are you telling your mother to move the car? What is the real problem? Why won't you guys pay for work that the man did?
2: I did not authorize Mr. Lawrence to do no work at the property.
1: Please. Mr. Jones, let me ask you a question. Yes, ma'am. I don't want to embarrass you, but I want to bring this out because. Yes, ma'am. I think it's important. You spent time in prison, correct? Yes, ma'am. And I, I think it's important because it's how your complaint starts out, and I think it's important because I think you are inspirational to others. So I want you to explain. In 2010, you got out of prison, and what did you do?
4: May 11, 2010, I got my sister, had a lawnmower, some weed eaters. I took them to the shop, I fixed them. I, I ain't have a truck or nothing. My pastor that had deceased, Pastor Willie Warren, I've used his truck to uh, start out. Just I said I'm not gonna go back to prison, so I just started mowing lawns and things. And uh, my business have grown over the years. In the last ten, over ten years, I've been on from prison, ten years and several months. I have not been back to the Department of Correction. And uh, but Mr. Andre was there being uh, hostile with me, I didn't... I said, well, this is not worth me doing anything to this man about no money. I may as well go to the courts about this here and instead of me trying to go back to prison for $200.
1: Now, Mr. Andre and Ms. Helen, it is very obvious from your actions that what you want is just free pressure cleaning because if a guy's on your property who's not authorized to be there... Your behavior would have been different. It would have been, get off my property. Sir, we didn't hire you. Please leave. It wouldn't have been, oh, let me get this furniture and move it for you. It wouldn't have been, oh, let me call my mother. I'll tell her to move the car. Mom, move the car because the guy is there. You just don't want to pay for the services you got.
2: That's my mother was not presently... So like
1: I, I, we stop present. talking. Stop talking. So I am ordering you to pay the $200 to Mr. Jones and his court costs, plus prejudgment statutory interest since you voted to him. That is my verdict.
6: Well, the judge finds for the plaintiff no uncertain terms. He says the defendants owe him. Let's find out what they have to say about it. Mr. Andre, Ms. Helen, what do you think about the judge's verdict?
2: Uh, disrespectful because she didn't give me a chance to explain my uh, thought. And my mother was presently not at home when Mr. Uh, uh, Lawrence had pressure washed the uh, driveway. My mother came after I had left and noticed Mr. Uh, Lawrence was at the home. So prior to giving my explanation, she didn't give me an explanation. She basically resided with Mr. Lawrence on the case. So I, I feel that it was unfair.
6: Well, he, he did your driveway he, and the judge says you got to pay him for it. Okay.
2: Well, I, I was think will, about I will that. appeal it. I'm going to appeal it because I didn't get a fair... Uh, uh, explanation of to the case, so I feel un, unjustified.
6: Unjustified. Well, I'm sorry, but you got a judgment against you, and that's the way it's going to be, Mr. Jones. Let me ask you. Yes, sir. Are you glad you filed this lawsuit? Yeah, hey, you yes, feel. Right sir. Now? Thank
4: you. I feel, I'm relieved.
6: Well, you're going to get paid. Victory for you. Okay.
4: Thank you. Thank you very much.
6: You're welcome. You're very welcome.
7: Sometimes. <laughs> As a judge, when you're analyzing the evidence, what somebody fails to say or fails to do in a situation where someone would normally speak out and object just really seals the case. And I think that had a little bit to do with... uh, Oh, you think? (laughs) (laughs) Well... Well, I mean, his car... Yeah, conduct, he's not
1: supposed to be there. Here, let me move this for you.
7: Right. Moved hey, Mom, picture,
1: move the car, car for car. him. And,
7: and it's just so Liars. inconsistent with the idea of, hey, this trespasser came along yeah. and was in my yard. And, and he's I, not authorized. And he did some unauthorized work. It never made any sense at all. And, no. Again, no one has ever pressure cleaned anything at my house.
1: Yeah, for, sitting for, around doing that's hard work.
7: Unauthorized. It's, it's, it's grinding, ridiculous. It's tough work. And uh, yeah, people don't go around doing Ridiculous. Do it for nothing.
1: It's completely ridiculous
8: to do him like that. Had to file a lawsuit just to get his $200. So Sammy wants to know this Hey, Harvey, can my landlord throw me out and evict me with just three days' notice, even though I just gave birth? Well, typically, the three days is not that you can get evicted in three days. They have to give you three days to become current in rent, and then they can file an eviction action, which takes a period of time. So the answer generally is absolutely not. They cannot throw you out after three days. That will do it for this case. Litigants for the next case, Inside the Courtroom.
0: Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. This is the plaintiff, Melvin Stewart. He says he rented
3: an apartment from the defendant, and he was a very accommodating landlord, and everything was fine until he gave the defendant his three months' notice. The sneaky guy turned on him, refused to give him back his security, even though he left the place in great condition, and he's suing for his $1,200, which has been unlawfully withheld. This is the defendant, Bill Yang. He says the plaintiff said he was moving out, but then kept telling him his new place wasn't ready yet, and he delayed the next tenant he had lined up by months. He had to give the new tenant a rent rebate because she was getting mad. He's the one who lost money, and he has every right to use the plaintiff's security to recoup the loss. He's accused of holding on tight. All parties, please raise your
8: right hands. Welcome back to the People's Court. Next case on the docket, the plaintiff says that he wants his money back from the defendant because the guy is withholding it illegally Uh, and has absolutely no right to keep it. But the the defendant says he's the one who's out the money due to the plaintiff's unscrupulous ways. It's the case of I want my jack man.
1: Thank you, Douglas. You're welcome. All right, Mr. Stewart, you used to rent an apartment from Mr. Yang, correct?
9: That is correct.
1: All right. And you're suing today because Mr. Yang has kept your security deposit. Tell me what happened towards the end of your rental. There were some complications I'd like to discuss.
9: I had um, listed for a senior citizen's apartment. And when the due date became available, unfortunately, the apartment was not available. So I let Mr. Yang know that there was indeed a complication And I I had originally planned to move out in December. And I asked, I told him that I would like to stay until January if it was indeed possible. And um, I paid the rent for January and I thought that was all at an end. However, uh, when I reached back to him months later to uh, request my deposit, he said that I had inconvenienced him and as a result of that, his new tenants he had to put in, up in an apartment, I don't know, on a hotel or something like that. But I just felt that was not my responsibility. All he had to do was say yes or no, and I would have gotten out.
1: Right. Mr. Yang, let me hear from you.
9: Yes. Levin's uh, story is correct. He's moving out
10: uh, at the end of November. So uh, he didn't say end about moving out. Right even though the letter, the move-out letter say December the 1st. So assuming that's the end of the November. And, but he didn't say he's going to move out at the uh, January. He just came him say the, the apartment is being delayed. We need more, more days to stay. So I said, okay, no problem. The, my new tenant is already accommodated also. For, for the whole December, my new tenant didn't complain.
1: Okay, and, let me ask you a question. Most, so you had a new tenant lined up for December? Yes. And did you have a lease with that new tenant or was it a month to month?
10: Lease, two years lease.
1: Now, when he kept delaying his departure, you kept telling the new tenant, oh, we can't start yet, we can't start yet. And at some point, according to you, the new tenant got angry. And tell me what happened with the new tenant.
10: Yeah, at the end of the, almost end of the December, the new tenant sent me uh, the message that, if she moving in the month of January, Every day, delayed, it. Uh, I need to uh, uh, compensate her uh, about $33 per day. There's okay, a, uh, compensate also her. Message.
1: Hold on one second. Was she paying, she, but she didn't pay rent in January. She wanted you to pay the rent amount to her? No. Even though to she uh, wasn't but, paying.
10: Yeah, yeah. That's as the, like uh, a penalty, penalty because it's
1: being delayed. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, All right, so let me ask you a question. Mr. Stewart, is it accurate that you were supposed to leave December 1st, then it was later in December, then all of a sudden it became... Like, it, it, it did evolve a few times. It wasn't just one delay once. It was several delays, wasn't it?
9: No, it was not several delays, Your Honor. I, my lease was from January 1st night, uh, of 19 until December 31st. Of That's right, December. but you
1: had negotiated to leave at the end of November...
9: Jan- no, you had no, negotiate. no, no. I...
1: Wait, wait, wait. You negotiated with your landlords to let you out a month early, correct? No. Because you thought the place would be ready.
9: No, that's not so. Okay. I had advised him that my, the apartment would not be ready, and I wanted to know if I would be able to stay in January. And he said yes. Okay, I paid now the I rent see texts from
1: him to the, just a second. Mm-hmm. Then why would he turn around and rent it out in December?
9: I have no idea. If you were
1: still going to be there, that doesn't make any sense. Plus, I see texts from him to the new tenant saying, Sadly, my tenant just told me he should be able to move out by the 29th. And she responds, Okay, that's progress. So, no, she wasn't supposed to start renting from January. She was supposed to start renting from December. Thank you for letting me know. Then he texts her in December twenty seventh. Sadly, my tenant told me that he went to the management office today to inquire about the move-in intentions for next Monday, but was told that due to the holidays, the apartment remodeling is not fully furnished. He needs to wait till after New Year to inquire about the possible move-in date. I am very sorry for keeping you waiting. And then he offers to her, I'll deduct $100 from your first month's rent to compensate you. Hopefully, my current tenant is able to move out before the end of January. He'll let me know early next month. And then she responds on January 1st, good morning and happy new year. Thank you for telling me. As you know, I was really looking forward to moving in before the year was over. For every day that I'm not moved in for the month of January, I should be compensated for the value of rent not just a flat rate of $100. I would need an updated lease as well. However, this can all be discussed when you have a final date. Happy New Year, he answers. All righty, we will discuss your compensation when I heard back from my current tenant regarding his move-out date this month. Mr. Yang, did you ever discuss with Mr. Stewart? Yeah, I'll take January rent, because you've got paid for January rent, right? Yes. From Mr. Stewart, right. So he paid for January rent, and he wants his security deposit back. If you don't want to pay it back because Ms. Kenya decides, you know what? If I can't move in, then you pay me rent. And you say, oh, okay, I'll discuss it with the, ter- with the tenant. Did you ever discuss it with Mr. Stewart?
10: Yes, I, uh, we sent a message to uh, Mr. Uh, Stewart. Can I see that message? Unfortunately, okay, let my me own see own that phone. message,
1: because you did not... Well, how did you get these texts, but not the one that matters to prove your case? I need that one. The uh, one where he says, okay, there's a penalty, and agrees to it. That's the one I need, because that know. one is the one that has you winning your defense. So how did you find all these texts, but not the text you sent him?
10: Uh, this text, I uh, asked by tenant to uh, we send it back to me, taking an image, sending okay. back to me. It's not on my phone.
1: So why why is it you couldn't get the text you need to prove your the defense? Because what?
10: Yeah, Because uh, my cell phone, when my uh, my Daughter was playing it, he, she dropped off to the toilet and the phone is damaged. I cannot turn it on.
1: Okay, but you could always go to the phone company and get your text, the transcripts of your text. Mr. Stewart, did you agree to pay a penalty for staying there in January?
9: Absolutely not.
1: Right, how are you going to prove that now? Furthermore, if you're laying claim to his security deposit for a penalty, New York law requires now that you give the tenant An explanation within 14 days of his departure asked an itemized list of why you're keeping the the security deposit. Did you do that?
10: Uh, No, I do not know.
1: Yeah, you gotta know that. You need to look into that, because you have to do that with every tenant you have from now on, okay? So for those very mighty reasons that um, there is no evidence that you can show me that Mr. Stewart agreed to paying double rent in January, And also for the reason that you did not send the uh, the notice within 14 days about laying claim to the security deposit, I have to order you to return Mr. Stewart's $1,200. Verdict for the plaintiff, $1,200. Good luck, folks.
10: Thank you.
9: Thank you.
6: So the plaintiff is going to get his money back, his security, the $1,200 back. Mr. Yang, you heard the judge. You missed two key things. Legal issues that caused you to lose. You understand?
10: Yes.
6: All right. Well, as a landlord, you you really got to take a lot of lot of pay a lot of attention to that. It could happen again in the future if you don't do it. Mr. Stewart, I guess you're happy that you filed the lawsuit. Otherwise, you might not be getting this, right?
9: Absolutely. But you know, I want to also say that Mr. Yang is a a wonderful man, and I I really didn't want to go this length. He was an excellent landlord, and. Um, It just was very troubling when I got that response from him that he would not be returning it. But, you know, all's well that ends well.
6: All's well that ends well. That's a good way to put it. All righty, that'll bring this case to a close with the plaintiff winning the suit for $1,200.
7: Looks like there was just a failure of proof here by the defendant landlord in the sense he really couldn't demonstrate or prove to convince you that there was an agreement for double rent.
1: Right, because that's in essence what it is.
7: And the New York security deposit law, which is tenant friendly and uh, requires the landlord to quickly get that letter out within 15 days if they're going to withhold anything. He certainly didn't 14. comply.
1: Fourteen days. That's what you've got to crank out an explanation of why you're keeping it yeah. uh, and itemize why. And that's but,
7: strictly complied with yeah. one, one way or the other. right? But The,
1: the, the strange part is that if, if, if you reach an agreement with somebody that they have to pay double rent, mm-hmm. yeah, you, you, that's kind of unusual. You better have that in writing. You better right. have some proof of it. Right. And he had nothing. Right, so it's, I think Right, you,
7: you get one day in court, and you got to bring the proof. You either have the goods or you don't. And in this case, he just didn't have it. He didn't have an email, he didn't have a letter, he didn't have notes, he didn't have a voice recording. He had nothing to really back it
4: up. Right? Well put.
8: Chris wants to know this. Hey, Harvey, my stove doesn't work, and I've asked the landlord to repair it. What's a reasonable time to wait before I hire a repairman on my own and then take it out of the rent? It's a great question. It's a great question. Uh, There is no particular time in the law. It depends on how bad the problem is. If it's heat, it has to be fixed faster, say, than something that's just kind of a, a bonus in the apartment. When you're talking about a stove, that's essential because you can't cook without it. I would just argue a week or so, but that is rough and there's no magic number. That will do it for this case. Litigants for the next case, Inside the Courtroom.
3: This is the plaintiff, Michael. He says he purchased a boat from the defendant who told him it was in good running condition. Then he finds out it needs $4,400 worth of electrical and engine work. So he's suing. This is the defendant, Warren Lee Baker. He says the plaintiff bought a 30-year-old boat in good condition. He gave him a good deal and the plaintiff got what he got. He's accused of being all wet.
8: All parties, please use your right hands. Welcome back to the People's Court. Next case on the docket, the plaintiff says he was taken advantage of by the defendant who sold him a boat that wasn't seaworthy. But the defendant says he gave the guy a deal of a lifetime and knew what he was getting into. It's the case of glug, glug, glug. You're a crook, Bob.
1: Thank you, Douglas. You're welcome. Mr. Michael, you bought a boat from Mr. Baker, correct? Yes, Your Honor. What kind of boat did you buy?
11: It's a 1988 uh, ProLine Center Console. It's okay, and how much foot. did you pay for it? He had it up for 5000 We agreed to $4,400.
1: right. Now, did you test drive the boat before you bought it?
11: Um, it was in his yard, so I didn't get a chance to, but he did finally get it up and well, running. Well, but you could
1: arrange so... to test drive a boat, right? It's in his yard. You can't test drive it in his yard but you can turn it on in his yard, right? Did you turn it on? Did he turn it on? Did anything go on? Did he?
11: He did get the engine to run, yes.
1: Okay. And you didn't arrange for a, a, a run on the water to see how the boat worked before you bought it? We never did. Okay. Well, he doesn't care about doing that. That would be the buyer who would want to do that. It's not, We right. never did, but it's really, that's kind of the thing that you as a buyer would want to do, right? Because you want to know you're not buying a pig in a poke. So what happens? You pay him the money, and one of the things that had attracted you... Now, tell me about the advertisement. What did the advertising say?
11: I have the advertisement right here from Craigslist, and it says this boat Mm -hmm. is in great condition, rigged for fishing, new electronics and stereo. The outboard engine on the C-drive bracket runs great. Brand-new steering helm and cables, brand-new throttle cables. The deck is solid, 100% solid no soft spots, and trailer is in good condition, ready to pull down the road.
1: All right. So you took the boat, you paid for it, and then uh, when did you decide to actually have a mechanic take a look at it? Which also should happen Um, before you buy the boat. But
11: We were in the middle of selling our house, so I needed to put it in a storage um, facility for about two weeks. They uh, repair, storage, and sell boats. And while they had it for two weeks, I asked them if they could... uh, do a tune-up on it so it would be up and running well. After about, I believe it was about 10 days that they had it, uh, they called me and said that there was a lot more wrong than just doing a tune-up on the boat. So that day I went down there to go look at it and go over everything that they gave me a checklist for. The steering arm completely rusted through and is not connected to the engine anymore. So they have to completely tear down the whole engine to have that replaced. And that's everything that's wrong with the boat, not including electronics.
1: Mr. Baker, your ad says new steering, brand new steering helm and cables. What's a steering helm?
5: It's the actual steering mechanism under the wheel. The mechanical part of the steering that the cable hooks to. The cable hooks to that to the actual motor itself.
1: It also says new electronics. What's your definition of new? Because well, I've seen some pictures I, and okay. supposedly the electronics on this boat don't work, and that's what in fact yeah. the folks verify.
5: I bought the boat because it's a solid boat to fix up for my three boys. It's a solid boat. At the time that I was doing all the work, putting all the money in it, I put new electronics, which was a uh, marine radio. What's
1: at the time? When did you put in new electronics?
5: Uh, it's probably been a couple of years ago. Uh, I built you know, did all this stuff for my three sons, a so safe boat, you know new bottom finder, new marine radio, new stereo.
1: None of Wasn't the electronics easy. on the boat work. none. None. And I don't know that three years ago is new. I don't know about that. I mean, I don't, you know, uh, did the discussion ever come up how new new was? You sold this boat as is. And Mr. Wagner, when someone sells you a boat as is, it's really incumbent upon you to find out what is wrong with it before you buy it. And you can't whine about it later. The exception to an as is sale is when you start making claims in the ad. That is considered an express warranty. If I say I just put four new tires... Brand new tires. They can't be three-year-old tires. I'm, I'm lying because, I, you know, when you say new, new has a very express definition. It's not like subject, it's not like saying, oh, it drives like a dream, and that's subject to interpretation. New means new, and none of the electronics work. Tell me, Mr. Michael, how is it that you did not know that the electronics didn't work? Didn't you turn stuff on or whatever when he turned on the motor?
11: Um, both batteries were completely dead in the boat. And, um, I went to go look at it. So the best that he could do was, uh, use a charger to get the engine working. So I could see that the engine was working. The other bad. But that's
1: not the the best you can do. The best you can do is tell the man to put it in the water, right? Charge it and put it in the water. The best you could do is walk away and go buy a different boat. But that's not what you did. Knowing all this stuff, you still bought that boat, Right. Knowing that you could test um, nothing and not see how it runs and not have a mechanic look at it and buy it as is, you still bought it, right?
11: I, I did.
1: Yeah. And the irony is you say you know nothing about boats.
11: I know how to drive boats, but I'm not a um, mechanic, so I don't know how to do engine work.
1: You were in the Coast Guard. You were in the Coast Guard.
11: <laughs> right. That's why I know how to drive boats, but I don't know how to repair engines.
1: Okay, but you know enough to know that things go wrong and that you should, you know, have it looked at and all right. Definitely, definitely. Um, I, I thought Mr. Baker, do you have the receipts for the electronics so that I could see how old the electronics are?
5: No, Your Honor, I do not. That was, and that ad, if those were new, is when I rebuilt the boat. They were new and. As in Florida, it's Sats and Salt. Everything was
1: new at some point, honey. I was new at some point. That doesn't mean I'm 20, okay? You have to be honest in your advertisements. You can't say it's new when it's three years old and sitting outside. Um, You just can't, you know, because that guy was under the impression that he was buying a boat with fully functioning electronics. Now, if he was complaining that they weren't that great, that's one thing. But according to the, the shop... None of it worked. None. And I I just—I don't think that that's okay. The electronics in this case amount to $444.62. And I'm going to order you to pay that. I am not going to order him, however, to pay you back $4,400 and let you return the boat. When you buy something as is, unless he makes you a promise that he breached, unless he makes you—makes an express warranty like, all the electronics are new— Uh, and you find out that they're not um, because none of them worked, uh, and he's now confessed that they're three years old, all right, unless he does something like that, you don't get your money back because you were not thorough. You see? when you're buying a boat that's 22 years I know it was old enough to vote I knew it was old enough to drink I just wasn't quite sure how old it was you know there's going to be problems with it that is when you have a mechanic look at it so that you know if you're you know, how, how deep into this you're willing to get you didn't do that so that's on you the, um, the, the receipt clearly says as is so I'm, I'm finding in your favor but only in the amount of the electronics which I find to have been an express warranty good luck everybody $444.62 verdict for the plaintiff
5: So, presumably,
6: the plaintiff has learned something about buying a 20-plus-year-old boat. Uh, Mr. Baker, the defendant, you've got to give him back 440 some dollars Are you okay with that? I mean, he was suing for $4,500. You're, you're kind of lucky. What do you think?
5: It is what it is. An old boat, stuff sets around, burns up, salt water. So
6: well, listen, thank you very much, sir, and- but that money you've got to give him back. Okay. Michael, let me ask you, have you learned anything about
11: buying a 30-year-old boat? Take somebody with me that knows about engines. (laughs) Okay. Well, good luck to you. Thank you very much.
7: Any judge or jury is going to make a big distinction between specific representations about electronics on a boat being brand new and ready to roll and just puffery about, ah, it's a cream puff. It's a really nice boat. It's in great shape. It runs. Right. Right? And that's what really hung up the uh, defendant in this case regarding the electronics and the judgment.
1: Yeah, I mean, his answer is, uh, well, it was new at one point. That... <laughs> Everything is. You know, time has this way of creeping up on us. And
7: you're like, oh, I got a brand new radio in that boat. And all of a sudden you think, and you're like, oh, it's a couple years old. <laughs> right. And it's sitting out in that salt air. Right. and And nothing lasts very long in that kind of air. But, you know, the bigger picture here is, my God! Sea trial. The boat. Get it in the water. Make sure it floats. I know. And, and you can you can actually drive away in it a little bit. I mean, it's like maybe...
1: buying a car without driving it. Right. And this. Oh, guy, it was a real Mike... hassle to put it in the water. <laughs> oh, well, how's the hassle now? How's that working out for you? you <laughs> right.
7: Know? And Mike's a coasty. He's a coast guard. He's a coasty, and he didn't put service. it in the
0: water. You
7: now <laughs> put it in the water. You're supposed to know about those things. And and maybe he would have he would have come out a little bit better. I'll say. In the end. <laughs>
8: So Chris wants to know this. Hey Harvey, I've lived in my apartment building for many years and have recently become wheelchair bound. Does my building have to accommodate me or do I have to move? A really good question. I think the first thing you need to do is you need to check your city and your state online and see what kind of wheelchair access is required by law. It varies from city to city, state to state. Uh, And you need to know what the ground rules are for you. But if the law provides it, that you have a right to it, what I would do is I would go to the landlord and present that to him. And if it doesn't provide that, I would still go to the landlord and appeal to a sense of decency. We'll see you next time.